As always, this is Tony, and with me today are the following players. Hi, this is Bethany, and I'm playing Belinda Walsingham, the half-elf awakened mystic. Hi, this is Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Kanchu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'm playing Scribner Shannon Whitecliff, the human rogue fighter. Next time, we'll be Rumble Squad Episode 2-10. Join us now for Sharpen Quill, Episode 17. I'm not built for this. Last time, Akiva met with a performer from Solana who, after sharing stories, invited Sharp and Quill to his performance that evening. Meanwhile, Scriv and Belinda wrapped up their research on the gods and the Zumyar dynasty before the party reunited, where they decided to enjoy a nice meal at a local tavern and book a room nearby before heading to see the show. And you're headed towards the Topaz Flail. What time of day is it? Sorry, it's like dusk. It's evening, yeah. I don't know what time our performance is, so I don't know how long we have. We have about an hour. So, you guys arrive at a large building of timber and brick walls with a red tile roof. Um, you walk in and you notice a collection of exotic drinking vessels that rest along a long shelf. It seems pretty quaint room, and you do notice a young human woman standing kind of by this little countertop, uh, right by a set of stairs that lead upward. And she's just going through a few tomes and seems to be reading when you walk in her head is completely buried in the book i am similarly buried in a small booklet of my own notes still trying to piece together what we've been researching all day i will walk up to the counter good evening <laughs> sorry we, we didn't mean to frighten you <laughs> she closes her book and puts it on the sorry um just uh, uh reading an interesting story um uh, what can i do for you what were you reading the captured your mind so intensely it's she pulls up and says tales beyond the veil thoven in the shadow fell it's it's okay we were just curious really are you a fan of thoven arbor shade yeah who isn't can i observe the pile of books that is around this young lady you kind of as you get up to the counter you notice there's like several tomes poking out from under the counter so she has them all like stacked underneath are they all thoven in the blank <laughs> More or less, yes. They're tales of the various adventures that that his party went through during the course of the Cataclysm. Propaganda? Or more like books for girls by like... <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. They're romantic tales of, of heroism. Yes, very much so. Not historical. They're all exaggerated. They're all embellished. Disinterested, going back to my research notes. Yeah, I'll say, uh, funny enough, We've actually come relatively recently from Orenthal. Oh, well, uh, welcome. Welcome to Halimian. What brings you all the way from Orenthal? Oh, research. And I'll kind of look over at Scriv, who's nose deep in his book. What are you, what are you researching, if I may know? Most people at the Halimian's Requiem don't want to talk about what they're researching because they're afraid someone might steal it and expand upon it. And Well, really, it's the situation that's going on with the, the deities right now as I'm sure is common conversation here, too, as much as in Orenthal. Not really. No? I mean, people talk about it and all that, but elves in Solana are much more interested in what they can do with magic and how to expand upon the magic, and it's all about arcane magic. 
and they're like they're kind of interested like oh deities are gone and then that's a powerful source as you know the deer granted magic to the world but wow i maybe i hadn't realized how intensely um isolated i suppose the perspective was compared to what we're used to but we've been traveling the temple in Ashmolin was pretty abandoned, so that tracks. Wait, so you went to Ashmolin? Yeah, a couple of other places too. Did you? Did you? Visit? We have not visited Arbor Shade Manor. Oh, okay. I haven't been there myself either. I've always wanted to go, but gotta make some money first to get out there and be able to see it and see his old home. Is that a big tourist spot? I would imagine a manor belonging to the Arbor Shade family would be a manor in which they live. Correct. Do they have visitors often? Yes. Outside. They give tours? Um, I mean, I see people go in, but they still live there, and there's usually a lot of people just outside the gates hoping to kind of, I guess, catch a glimpse of the Arborshade family. They're really hoping that Thoven will come visit. Well, I don't know. Um, we Are there Thoven paparazzi? Are there yes. just people that hang out around <laughs> this dude's girls. house trying to like... They're just like, influencers. Is it is it like Buckingham Palace? You well, because go we've, and you see the changing yeah, of the guard and stuff. Because yeah. like with that tiefling, we've already established that there's newspapers. So I imagine that like there's probably is a yellow rag. There's an elven <laughs> yellow rag going around spreading a bunch of gossip. What was Thoven wearing so to petty. the ball today? <laughs> They're extremely petty. <laughs> Dude, well, no, there probably are social papers like that. Who wore it best? Yeah, except well, we know they don't have regular newspaper newspapers because they don't oh, no, have magical type yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like the what's the wizarding uh, newsletter with the moving pictures from Harry Daily Potter? Prophet. It's a gossiping stone. The, the Daily Prophet. Daily gossiping Prophet. stone. That's what it, it is. It's just like a little rock that's attuned to just like mm-hmm. this little projection of like here is today's gossip. And just like, <laughs> do you hear? Bah, bah, bah. It's a rumor stone. Oh man, that's amazing. <laughs> Besides, it's amazing and in the world already. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Why not? Sure. Sure. Uh, I'll do a quick uh, telepathy uh, conversation with the group. Should we tell this girl that we know through Fenomer Shade, or is that a big mistake? But it might mean a lot to her just to even meet someone who's met him, and we might get a discount. As much as I want to make her day, and you know I want to make everybody's day, do we want to deal with her asking us a million questions about the whatever shade? I'm receiving a certain vibe from her where if we tell her we've met Thoven Arborshade, she will ask us what he smelled like at the moment, what specifically he was wearing, if there were any stains on his shirt. That's the vibe I'm picking up. You could do an illusion and just show her what he looked like. Then she could tell her friends. Okay. I mean, hey, if, if you think it, yeah, I mean, I, you know me, I'm more than happy to make everybody's day. I just didn't know if we had the time or want to deal with it right now. I'm learning about, what was the word? Discretion. Tact. Oh, tact. <laughs> Close enough. Okay, now that we've stared at her long enough while she's, I don't know, looking at us? Yeah. Well, funny enough, not to make a big deal of it, but we've actually met Thoven recently. What does he look like? What was he wearing? Wait, where's this? Uh, where did you see him? What, uh, how did he have his hair? Was he wearing his mask? Did he actually, like, have a particular smell to him? Or was it just... Uh, did you see his? Did you see his eyes? His eyes are different colors. Did, uh, did the white hair and then the blonde okay, hair. Okay, okay, and- okay. So, looks like this. And I will silent image the exact image of Thoven when we met him. Are you doing this like as an image in your hand? Or are you doing it like beside you? Hands. A life-size <laughs> image. Okay. She grabs your wrist and pulls it closer to oh, look closely. Okay. Okay. Hold, hold. I, 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 I can do it. I can do one better. Give, give me give me a second. I'll just 
full-size image she can walk around. It takes you a second to pull your hand away from her. She's not only like really tight, like painfully, but she's like definitely holding it because she wants to look. She's like, <gasps> she's like, oh my gosh, he's taller than I thought. She's like walking around. Can I look around just in general to see if anyone else is staring at this display? Oh, you're just in a little tiny entryway. There's no one right here. So nobody else is waiting here. Not currently, no. Okay, good. She's like walking around. You need to tell me all about what, what was he like and all of that. Here, hold on. Uh, you're looking for a place to stay, right? Right? Y- y- yes. 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 She goes behind the counter and how many rooms? Oh, uh, three rooms would Okay, be great. she grabs three keys and hands them to you. Tell me all about him. Oh, wh- what about payment? Tell me all about him. <laughs> uh. Okay. Okay. Uh, Kiva, would you like to share? You're you're probably yeah more expressive. Paint a picture. I can't tell you how he smelled. I haven't, you know, I didn't, didn't focus. Clean, clean, clean. Okay, clean. That makes sense. That makes sense. Demeanor probably prestigious. Very, very well poised. I would say. Okay. I, it might be. It might go easier if you just barrage me with questions one at a time. One question at a time, so I can actually answer them. But if you give me the questions, I may be able to answer them. May I pick up Akiva's pack, take his key, and begin taking his stuff up into the room <laughs> while he is busy talking to this attendant? Wait, but you met him too, right? Oh, no. <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear everybody's thoughts. Wait, I, uh, I mean, I, he was tall? Did you see his, did you see his scars? Did you see his scars? Were they beautiful? Was they hideous? <laughs> she sneezes. <laughs> She's so overwhelmed. She sneezes. <laughs> yes, there were scars. Let 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 let's and they were. Let's let him put the stuff away. I can. So for scars, I would say they were hideous in a beautiful way. As you can see, thusly. Yes. And I'll point at the image. And then now with mask off this time. Okay, so there's the veins in the black and white. I'm gonna other hand. Go go go. Yeah. Go, yeah. Go. And I will sneak off to put our things away before I get pulled into another discussion. Have a quick introvert moment to reset. That was a lot. Yeah. Um, am I staying with Akiva? Does Akiva want me to you stay? Can say, I guess I, 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 I did. I did. I did get us into this. It, it, <laughs> I'll stay because I want to make sure you don't overshare. Because she's hitting you with so many questions, we have some things we can't talk okay. about. Okay. We can just summarize, but she's going to ask a like, tell her every detail. We tell her everything visual or like sensory that we experienced and then our impressions, but then nothing further about what we talked about. She'll be okay with that because she's going to ask, what does his voice sound like? Can you like, can you create a, a m- mimic of his voice? Can you do this? Can you do this? <gasps> could, could Akiva do a Thoven impression? Yeah, minor illusion, right? It can't do voices. No, 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 no. I want Akiva to do an impression of Thoven. <laughs> like with, perfor- with performance. I will attempt to do an impression. I would like to basically give an impression of Thovin telling the tale of his defeat of the Shadow Dragon. Ooh. Roll performance. 14. You see her, like, kind of wobble on her feet a little bit. Whoa, are you okay? Um, yeah, that was... That's what his voice sounds like. I'll just say, sorry, why are you uh, so drawn to Thovin? You're from here in Helimian? Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was born here. And have been kind of running this little inn for uh, most of my life with my parents. But now I take care of them. Oh, are your parents older? Yeah, yeah. So Thovin? He's amazing, isn't he? Have you, and she pulls out like beyond the veils, have you read these books? 
I prefer academic papers mostly in historical tomes. But they're historical, aren't they? May I return at this point? Yeah, you walk down as like she's showing off from beyond the veil. And she'll flip through it like you'll see like they're they're yeah, they're little drawings of like battles and amazing things. Shirtless though. Do, do I see Scrub <laughs> about to to chirp up about this? Yes. She'll flip through and like pull another one, and you see it's like drawings of the Thessun kingdom. It's like, see, this is the battle. Like it talks all about it, and you see like every single character has like their hair blowing in the breeze, even though they're underground in a tunnel. And is she just flipping through the books and just like pulling them out one after another and showing them? As she's putting one down, I would like to pick it up. So while she's going on her tirade and just are you trying through. to be quiet about it or are you just like grabbing it? Yeah, just just be quiet about it. Polite. Roll sleight of hand. Fifteen. So as she's putting one down, you see her reach for another one and turn, and at that very moment, you slip uh, one of the books out. This one in particular seems to be, like, a story on his travels to the very peaks of the the Cragged Peaks, which is the mountain range where the Thessian Kingdom resides, battling a uh, series of dragons that have been attacking and harassing the people there. You know of no historical evidence of this battle ever taking place. There was something similar, but it was underground and dealing with a lot of undead and not a very, like, exciting adventure, more just they, uh, you heard stories that Thoven had, like, helped to gather them in, and Barak the sorcerer had done a couple of, you know, careful spells and some fireballs to help wipe people out. It was quick, nothing extravagant, but it was efficient. This doesn't seem feasible at all. What do you mean feasible? Isn't there a dragon just at the edge of this tunnel? Why would they be having this conversation here? When you have those intense moments, you have those seconds. Those words just pass so quickly. She just stares at the book she's holding. Well, of course. Sorry, we tend to be so focused on facts, but that's okay. Looking over at Scrib, like, little little shrug. (laughs) Like, I I don't know what to do with this. It's art. It is very nice art. I'm sure that the person who wrote them put forth a lot of effort. Who wrote these? Flip to the back of the book about the author. Julian Stone. (laughs) (laughs) The start of Stone's new series is realistic and edgy with an overworld perspective as well as warm characters and an appealing small empire feeling. He'll, He'll put the book down. Yeah. When you pull the book down, like, she kind of slides the book back over to her and kind of gives you a little bit of a disappointed expression. Like, uh, not disappointed, but just like, she's a little bit sad, like, I don't like the book. No, it's much better than others that I've read. There was someone that I knew. good, right? It's much better than anything that my associate, Bistan, has written before. Ah, it's nothing like Julian Stone's work. No. Sure. It sounds very compelling. Exactly. I'm so sorry. I've been haranguing you with questions for the past several minutes. You should probably put down your stuff. Wait, where's your stuff? We travel light. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good save. <laughs> and let us pay you something for the room. Yeah, we can't just take it for free. Five silver for all three. I'll put down five silver. Scrib would probably, out of just morbid curiosity, ask for more details about these books. She will start telling you all the stories that are in the books. And she's like, so I don't know if you've really gotten into it, but oh, it all starts with, and she starts to go through this this one, a party meets. So we're going to go to our rooms. You guys have fun. Scriv, we will see you in about 10 years after you're done. 
She has not stopped talking as she's just going into how, like, Thovin eventually arrives at the Festival Kingdom. I'm so sorry. What was your name? Lena. Lena. Well, I know you haven't even talked about ships yet, and that sounds very important, so I wouldn't want to... What is... What do boats have to do with... No, not not those kind of ships. Okay, so everyone really thought that Gerdis and Thovin might actually have a thing together. I don't know if you were aware of that, but there are amazing... She was so powerful, and he was... He is so powerful. As fascinating as this is, I think we're going to have to steal Scriv away. We do have a show we're going to go see. So I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. We can talk at another point if we have the time. Pulling Scriv I'm away. I'm not resisting at all. To the rooms. <laughs> but, I, but I haven't even told you about the potential. That, I know. I'm sorry. Was, but the, we have to make the show time. I'm so sorry. A, a wizard woman. And then there was a, like. There's it's all very fascinating. Goodbye. I will. Minor <laughs> illusion. Thoven's voice saying goodbye. Lana. You hear, like, a hand, like, slap the desk for a second and just, like, okay. Thank you, Lana. And we make our getaway. Is that what it's like talking to me? No. Nothing at all like that. Right. You hesitated. (laughs) (laughs) You hesitated. Oh, sorry. Of course not. I haven't heard about you shipping any famous historical figures. So you keep saying that word, and I don't think it means what you think it means. I don't think it means what you think it means. Boats? No. No. Oh, boy. No, no, like relationships. I think it's what you. I think it's what you call a slang term. I worked in a small office, as you recall. So you know these things came up in conversation. You know, popular culture. People get very invested in things that are none of their business. So the opera. Yeah. Speaking of things that are our business, I guess do we have seats? How does this work? I think we just show up. I, I think we can buy tickets if need be there. It didn't seem when I was talking to Adrian that uh, we needed to have reserved tickets. And I'm sure if it comes to it, we can probably buy some or just not see the show. But it's at least worth going to see it. Are we going for entertainment or are we going to see if the spirit of song shows up? Which is also entertainment, I suppose. A little bit of option one, a little bit of option two. Okay. How do we feel about that? The spirit of song? I have no idea what to even expect with that. But as for the performance, I'm interested to see what a other performers, you know, stage presence and how they, you know, how their acts are performed. Kind of see what a professional does on a grand stage. I could probably use a break from all the research, too. I figured it would be a good little, you know, let your mind just rest for a bit. A mental palate cleanser. It's a lot. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah, I think... A break is well-deserved, and it can't be worse than the Giddy Jogger Troll. You think seeing the Giddy Jogger Troll is bad. Imagine having to perform it intentionally bad. <laughs> you gotta take one for the team sometimes, okay? It was a good distraction. The more I see the world, the more arts and culture that I experience, the more I realize that it's just bad. Art is, or much art is bad? Bistant. Oh, oh Bistant is bad. Yeah. Also, yes, most art is bad. Most, I would say, most art is unrefined in their craft. And most people don't realize it's unrefined. (laughs) That's such a bougie response. (laughs) It's unrefined. It it is a rather crude interpretation of the reality that we experience. It's an artist's response. Have you not been seeing who Akiva has been learning to trash talk from? Oh, I know, I know. Belinda and Zolas. 
Yeah, I'm looking for something that's really not mediating the experience of reality so intensely, but something closer to that. <laughs> <laughs> just like, <laughs> just trails on with nonsense. <laughs> it starts talking about these things being postmodern <laughs> or post-cataclysm and, you know, how it really changed there. Yeah, yeah. I haven't just, played Cataclysm in forever. We haven't had time, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know we're on the road, but I know it's it's nice not being in the thick of things, even though we're on the road and having a chance to do things that are not always 100% goal-oriented. Feels wrong to say that, though. Feels very wrong. I'm learning. You're learning to enjoy the downtime. Oh, yeah. Downtime, relative. As you all go up to the room, Scriv, you notice a letter that has been placed in the middle of the floor. It is addressed to Sharpened Quill in Nissa's handwriting. When you open it, it reads, Sharpened Quill, I want to thank you all for everything that you've done for me, but we must now part ways. Since coming to Solana, I have been trying to find someone by the name of Gerbo Garrick, and it turns out that he is my grandfather. I have always just wanted to find my family in this world, and now that I have, I just want to learn more about them. So I've decided to leave the Shadow Wolves and stop adventuring. While that means I will no longer be joining you on your adventures, I just want to spend time with my family. I wish you all the best of luck and all of the wealth for Sharpened Quill, Nissa. So I understand it. I, I was hoping that I would be able to learn more. Knew we were just starting to work well together, but no, I'm glad she was able to find her family. Yeah, I'm a bit sad to see her go, but I mean, yeah, I, th- I think for me, what is most important is that she's able to f- be with her family. I-, I knew that was always a big sticking point for-, for her motivations for even doing any of this, so I'm happy for her. Yeah, everybody's always trying to find their place in the world, and sometimes you get that direction. So I guess, you know, it was the right time. You know, we have to go back down those stairs before we go. Should we plan extra time to extricate ourselves from our new host i mean you've already climbed through a couple of tunnels in a cave i'm sure going out the window is probably not too hard are you kidding me in the city of the high elves you want me to climb out of a window how does that end well i might face plant in the street i'm not built for this you're right you're welcome to climb out the window and <laughs> thank you escape. <laughs> I, will, I will go out scriv roll acrobatics Wait, we're on the second floor, aren't we? Yeah. All uh, rooms are second floor or higher. 14. Not the most graceful, but you get down easily enough. You're used to, like, climbing down, like, tunnels and going down slopes. Not necessarily, like, shimmying down very smooth buildings. It's all smooth. There's no handholds. Belinda and Akiva, I assume you both go down the stairs? Yep. I just look at the window and shake my head a little bit and then walk down the stairs. As you go down the stairs, you see she has a small book that she is quickly writing in. Oh no, she's got a diary. Just try not to draw attention. We're in it now. Hit the bottom of the stairs and her head has not come up. She hasn't noticed us. Let's go. We sidle over the door and um, quick telepathic. We'll just say, okay, thank you. Bye. As we close the door. Yeah. Yeah. Open the door. Okay, thank you, bye! And then we fail. (laughs) Casually leaning against the wall, spending my second wind to make sure that the hero landing didn't hurt too much. (laughs) And that we can't tell that it didn't go great because we didn't see it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Playing it off. We faced monsters and living automatons, and that is still the scariest thing. I wouldn't say scariest. Intimidating. 
harder to solve. We're used to problems that have direct solutions. Yes. This isn't really a solvable problem. For me, she's the most intimidating out of all of them. I had a feeling that pointing out all the flaws in the literature wasn't the best move. No. You don't want to crush someone who's committed to one person and an entire fantasy world around that one person as their form of escapism. All right. So you guys are headed uh, towards the Lake District and arrive at the House of Lights. Belinda and Scriv, you hadn't seen the building yet, but it is a two-story stone-walled theater. Dancing lights and large globes that are a little bit brighter around the entranceways that just circle the entire place. It seems to almost glow in a variety of color. Wow. Very apropos. You walk in and there is a huge line of people slowly entering the theater. Are they holding tickets or something like that? Do we see any indication of what happens in the line? Do we see them taking cash? (laughs) You do see some people taking some coin and trading out a ticket. Well, as a player, I want to skip the queue, but Belinda would totally queue up. Like, there's a line, I'm going to get in the line and do what I'm supposed to, so. Akiva, you're wearing what you wore before, right? Yeah. After a couple of minutes, you see someone, uh, an elven figure, kind of approach you guys and go up to you. Akiva's like, you may proceed ahead. Edwin has a spot reserved for you. Excellent. Th- thank you. And he will turn and start to walk towards the theater entrance. What is security like here? Uh, There are guards everywhere. Because of the Spirit of Song? They are waiting to see if the Spirit of Song shows up. Guests are expected to check any weapons or wands they have at the door. Uh, You do see directly past where that counter is to get in. There are uh, several guards that just seem to be like pointing wands towards people and gesturing like to show weapons or anything that could be dangerous. Am I allowed to bring my weapons in? You see people walk in with weapons. They just seem to be tallying, like, what they are and doing quick inspections on them. Okay, cool. We submit to any uh, inspection. You do see they seem to have a wand of detect magic as well as they kind of, like, look through your stuff. Quick question. Did we bring our bag of holding with us? And if so, who's carrying it? I know you're usually carrying it. I'm, I'm usually carrying it, but I just wanted to double check because... I don't want to be the only one who's a lady with a really big purse, but you know. (laughs) Sorry, hold on. I got a lot of stuff in here. Phone charger, backup water bottle, bottle of sunscreen. Do we store in bag until... Probably should. I would like to keep weapons on my person. Yeah, but you can actually carry them on your person. I don't like stash a spear on my back. It's not very Belinda, so... Can I use it like a walking stick? Is that weird? No. Okay. It's been so long since we dealt with stuff that I'm like, what do we do with our stuff? I figure we're going we're going into a large performance space. What's security like? Plus, I mean, we we live in a world where there's people that can literally just cast fire from their hands. So maybe having a sword isn't the most dangerous thing in the world. Also, this is a place that most people are more concerned with the magical capabilities of those around them than with the uh, marshal. That makes sense. My swords are quaint. They look at the various weaponry you have on your person. And then allow you through. And you find yourselves at some seats that are just a couple rows back from the very front of the stage. Wow. How much of a conversation did you have with this performer, Akiva? We just kind of talked trade a little bit. You know, how illusions, how he performs his illusions, how I perform my illusions. We've shop talk with people and they've never given us such great seats at a theater. I'm in the wrong line of work, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I, hey, I'm not used to this either, so... 
Is there anything I can glean from the staging, from how everything is set up? Can I see trap doors or any sort of, I guess, stage accoutrement from where we're seated? Roll perception. Walking up, like, as you kind of just initially passively look at things, you do see, like, a couple of what might be trapdoors, but what did you roll? 22. The way I figure, it, while they're discussing, well, what did you have to do to get us box seats here, I keep... This is probably the largest theater Scrib has ever been in. So trying to piece this together, especially when compared to, like, the small community theater stuff over in Veripol, this is huge and different. As you look, you see there are several instruments kind of scattered uh, to the sides of the stage. There are what look like mountainous backdrops, but you kind of can glimpse off the sides that there are other set pieces set to switch or shift depending on the scene. Uh, Up ahead, there's several catwalks, as well as several what look like sandbags to help regulate moving the curtain or other set pieces that they might have. There's definitely at least one trapdoor that you see close by and you're fairly certain you see another one a little bit further back on stage. Okay, cool. Is there any music playing as we come in? I, there's not like an orchestra pit. Currently, no. Okay, so it's just the, the hubbub of the crowd around us. So you just hear people like chattering and mumbling. Do we look like we belong here? Do we seem out of place? You specifically wore things that were like normal. There's the people closest to you are definitely wearing some fancier clothing. I was curious, are they like dressed like royalty and we're dressed like we're going to a nice party? No, uh, the ones that look more like royalty, you see up towards the higher levels in little secluded. Yeah, there's boxes. Gotcha. So that looks like royalty. However, the seats that you do have definitely they spent some coin on on those tickets. I'll just nod at anybody's eyeline I meet as I'm just sort of glancing around. So you guys all file in, you get to your seats after a little bit. The chatter slowly starts to die away. The lights directly around the stage start to dim slightly. Music starts to build slowly. A soft note. And as this happens, you see several figures suddenly appear onto the stage, start moving. Weapons in hand, full armor. They look undead. They start slamming swords against shield. You hear a clattering of sound. Scriv, the sound is slightly off. Just slightly. As if there's two different effects occurring at this time. Okay. They slam again and again like they're riling up. The music starts to increase in sound. And then suddenly, coming from backstage, you see a human figure dressed in chainmail, wielding a large halberd. As he starts to approach the undead army in front of him, he slams the halberd on the ground once, twice, three times. And the undead charge him. He swings and twirls and flips, slamming the halberd, using it as a pole to help vault over several people. The music continues to swirl. He slams the halberd on the ground, causing what look like sparks to shoot up into the air, sending several of these spectral images of undead just to scatter into dust around him. More form from around as he continues to spin and twirl and twist. His movement's fluid. There's no point in which there's a sudden stop in his motion. Even as the halberd comes down, it helps to lift him up over other undead, continuing the circle and the spiral of motion. Belinda and Scriv, specifically, uh, because you have uh, proficiency in history, you know that this is an interpretation of a battle from the Cataclysm, a battle that 
Grim Chergoba fought, one of the members of the party of Thorin Harbourshade. The battle described is one that was fought in Orenthal, that he held off an entire squadron of these Darakul by himself as he awaited reinforcements to aid him to close a portal that had formed there. And this is a dramatization. This is the ballet version. Okay. He continues to twirl the blade, the halberd around him, around his back, swiping at every enemy. Every time it hits a specter, it dissipates into nothing. And he moves and continues to slam. And there's a point the specters continue to grow. You almost don't see him anymore. When suddenly he, he lifts up into the air, using the halberd to push him higher, he turns, swings the halberd up while still in the air, and then slams it down onto the stage. And with a blinding flash, all the spectral warriors suddenly get pushed back and deteriorate. And at that, the music suddenly cuts and ends. And then cheers erupts in the audience Clap. as he suddenly stands up and bows. Thank you. Thank you so much. His voice suddenly much louder than it really should be as he approaches uh, the very edge of the stage. Thank you so much for enjoying the first acts, the battle by Grim Chergoba within the city of Orenthal, the battle for reinforcements. Now, I have something I want to do a little bit differently tonight. I had plans for other acrobatic feats, shows of the great skill that I have. But tonight, well, I met someone fascinating today. Alarm bells. <laughs> I am a performer of the Vremer Empire. And I've come here to try and share my stories with all of you. I found another performer of the Vremer Empire that I would like to invite on stage. And he gestures towards where you are sitting. Telepathy. Akiva? What did you get us into? I didn't know. Akiva, would you please join me on stage and we can show the types of stories that the Vremer Empire can give others. Uh, sure, I will kind of sheepishly, uh, very surprised still, stand up and make my way to the stage, kind of giving a quick glance back to Belinda and sort of like, uh. <laughs> he offers a hand to help you up to the stage. I will take it. While this is going on, can I take in the armor that he's wearing? Is it actual armor? Is he using real weaponry? Is how much of this is real and how much of this is illusion because I was picking up on bits of it being out of sync before. The spectral images, the music, uh, the music is actually being performed. You do notice a couple of people to the sides kind of playing various instruments. The specters, of course, were all illusions. The sounds were illusions. The flashes and sparks were all illusions. The halberd itself, the way he's using it, looks real. The chainmail might be elven because it seems he's moving far too fluidly for it to be a regular chainmail. It's way too light on him. And he clearly knows what he's doing from that choreography. Yes. Now, whether that's just because he's an expertise in these two particular things, <laughs> or if he's actually super skilled. Yeah. The fact that I can't tell the difference is raising a couple of alarm bells. Yeah, um, I might use an ability <laughs> just, to, just to get a little bit of info. I'm going to go ahead and use my view aura ability that gives me... If he's under any magical or psionic effects, which I assume is probably yes, um, HP total and basic emotional state. I'm going to concentrate on that for now. So you sense a magical effect. There's no HP. I grabbed his hand, though, didn't I? Mm -hmm. You felt a hand and it pulled you up. Is there an emotional state or is that also? There's nothing there. He's not there. Quick telepathy to the group. He's not real. Are any of us really? 
<laughs> I keep it's like I keep it super deep. But like, what does it mean to be real? What is the nature of reality? Belinda, since you were doing that aura, when he goes to reach for Akiva, you saw a sudden other magical effect there that appeared. On Akiva? That space of where he's supposed to be. So it's as if someone is using a lot of magic to make it look like he's really there. I I really gotta learn from this dude. <laughs> Akiva's takeaway, man, this dude is awesome, dude, man. Dude, think he of how many effects like... he's stacking on top of each other right now. Magic on magic Meanwhile, magic. why? <laughs> For the show. Uh, so he invites you on stage, and there's a brief point where he kind of just, like, leans into you and whispers the, the modification to his voice gone, and he just goes, now you said he do dances... Illusion magic. Would you would you prefer illusions or dances for this next bit? I'll let you start us off. I'm a little bit stronger of illusions, I guess. All right. You start, and I will choreograph my acrobatics accordingly. Sure. A battle, if you don't mind. Throw something at me, whatever you've got. And he just smiles and kind of, like, takes back. Now, good people of Halimian, Akiva and I are just but two messengers for the arts, for our stories. We are representatives of our cultures. Envoys, if you will. And as such, should we not deliver a fantastic performance for these fine people, Akiva? And he gestures out to the crowd. Yeah. So, as a fellow performer, I do enjoy taking the cues from you. So, if it is not too much of a, uh, of a draw, I would also like to tell my own story. As I am over 300 years old, I have a little bit of experience with the cataclysm myself. Oh, well, very good. Let us let us begin. And he takes a couple of steps back and twirls his halberd and then kind of just bows slightly as if waiting. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at RulesAsWritten or check out our website, dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to DM at dm at dndraw.com. Also, subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found, and please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. And remember, always make good decisions.